Thanks a lot, Jan, for joining me in today's episode. And I wanted to introduce you um, just from my perspective of what I noticed from you in the last uh, weeks, months, and I guess also how we got to know each other. And the, the first thing that pops up for me is the holistic mindset coach, I guess that that's how I got through uh, Instagram right now to like, okay, how you are posting yourself or how you present yourself to the other outside world. But also what I personally obviously appreciate is you being a podcast host of the show From Thoughts to Impact. So that's really cool. And what I personally think, and I guess we noticed already that's not our both opinion, is that I also think you're a traveler. And I guess we can go into that uh, in just a bit. But just one thing that I also just want to highlight or show uh, as a reflection of how I see you as well a little bit is um, what you wrote on your website. Our areas of life are connected. That's why we look at life in a holistic way. It's the first one. And the second one is the results of you, the, the results that you create in your life are a reflection of your thoughts. Our thoughts create emotions. Our emotions drive our action and our action leads to results. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now I'm, I'm curious about the, the traveler's debate. What, what does that have or how do you see yourself? Because I mentioned that earlier as a traveler and you're like, mm, that doesn't really fit. <laughs> yeah, well, as you were speaking right now, what came to mind is if we don't look at traveler as like moving from one location to another, right? Um, but maybe traveling um, through different perspectives, you know, in a more like psychological, oh, spiritual way, maybe. I like that. Yeah, I was like, hmm, that could be cool. Um, but yeah, originally the meaning of the word traveler or how I shared, shared earlier, digital nomad, right? Which is a person who travels all the time, basically, because they can work remotely. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't identify um, as that so much because it was never my intention. Um, I started my coaching business around three and a half years ago in Germany and I knew I wanted to coach mainly online uh, for the reason of being location independent. And then I spent the first year or so still in Germany and from there I went to Bali uh, because I really wanted to be surrounded by inspiring people and an opportunity came up and I was like, okay, let's go to Bali. Originally it was... I booked for a month. It was a whole experience to be in one villa with 10 other people for a month. And then I stayed. So I ended up staying for one and a half years, which means technically I didn't really travel. Um, I was mm, in Bali. I, I moved around a little bit uh, on the island, but um, yeah, I was there. And then I came back to Germany for a couple of months and now I'm in Portugal yeah. And I, like I said, I don't really, oh, I need to travel more. Where do I go next? If I feel I want some sort of change, then maybe that includes going to a different location. But a part of me wants to find the location that I will spend uh, the next few years, maybe. So I can mm -hmm. settle down a little bit. I can form friendships there. I can find sport teams uh, that I can join. 
uh, all of those things that are a little bit more difficult when we are moving around so much. Yeah. Yes, fair. Totally, I totally noticed that right now as well. But I really like the perspective of the idea that you just got of like mind travel or traveling through different perspectives. Because essentially, because the, the way of, the reason I pick it up again is because I really was like, I like that. That's what I feel like. That's the reason why I wanted to connect with you again and other people now through the, the podcast. Like, oh, I want to jump into other people's minds and see how much broader the world is, how much wider um, it can be. Because obviously we have the sort of habit of thinking the same things again. I think Carolina was yesterday giving a, another workshop and mentioning the numbers of we have about like 60,000 thoughts a day and 95% of them are the same as the day before or the, the days before. It's like, what? You're so like um, restricted in the, the way that we think just based on this, these patterns. And that's why like just connecting with new, almost tr strangers or people that are not surrounding you continuously feels mm -hmm. so nice and mind expanding. Or world expanding I, almost. One one word that I really identify with is explorer. Um, mm -hmm. And here again, it's not necessarily exploring new locations, um, even though I also like that. Um, but it can also be exploring new relationships, situations, um, internal states, states of consciousness. Um, yeah, that's... That's, um, I think even on my Telegram profile, I have that as one of the three words that I use there to describe myself. Um, and oh, that's really cool. I, I have another thing that just came up, um, which is connected to traveling or exploring different perspectives. And that is in the model of spiral dynamics. Um, are you familiar with that? I wouldn't say I know everything about it, but I heard of it. <laughs> okay. So maybe I can try to, because I can talk yeah. about that for, for a long time. <laughs> sure, give um, me a short introduction. So the short introduction is that as we humans develop, we go through different stages and each time, each stage has different values. So we go from a very animalistic instinct instinct driven stage to tribalism seeing the world as a magical place there was a couple of hundred thousand years ago and then that stage purple and then stage red is very impulse driven um if if i want it i take it if it takes violence like that's totally okay there's not a lot of moral developed yet um and then from there comes stage blue where it's um a lot about structure and rules and um Everyone plays their part in society. And then we go into stage orange, which is very profit-oriented um, profit and personal success and like capitalism is a part of that. And then we go into stage green, where it's about love and peace and the environment and sharing our feelings. Mm. And all of those stages are in tier one which mm -hmm. basically means they are not aware of other stages. Each stage just thinks that's how it is and that's the best way to look at things and everyone else is kind of stupid, um, mm -hmm. which is, this model explains a lot why we have so many conflicts um, be between people. Ah, okay. Um, and then after stage green comes stage 
uh, stage yellow, and stage yellow is the first stage of tier two. So mm -hmm. stage stage yellow is only around one percent of the whole population is in stage yellow. Um, currently, currently, yeah, okay. <clears throat> and more will like it, humanity is going from one stage to another as a whole, um, and stage yellow is systemic thinking it's very non-judgmental and it has the ability to take on so to travel uh, into different perspectives right in in a way mm -hmm. that really acknowledges that there is not a single truth we all have like different perspectives they're not necessarily equal there are better perspectives and worse pers perspectives uh, okay. for our survival or the, for the survival of the planet um but nonetheless it, uh, Stagello has the ability to really take on those different perspectives. And that's something that I want to develop more. Um, mm. The whole, the whole like Stagello values and, and type of thinking. So right now I'm reading a book about um, systemic thinking and, and how systems work. And yeah, we can look at the world um, with that, with that lens and we see, oh, this is, this is a system. This is a system. They are interconnected. And a lot of the problems that we have are of systemic nature, which means a lot of the solutions that people propose, they won't work because it's a deeper, deeper problem. Um, it's mm -hmm. not his fault or her fault or this group's fault. It's a, it's an issue that comes out of the system that we're having currently. Um, and it's very needed if we want to change things on the planet to tap into that type of, of thinking to see like the complexity and how things are interconnected. Um, yeah. And I want to, I want to learn more about that um, because yeah. I, I see myself on that, you know, verge of um, my personal development and, and yeah, my personal consciousness. So traveling through different states of uh, perspectives that, that kind of fits yeah. into, into that stage. You certainly got me intrigued right now. And I, I got actually an interesting question that popped up when we were saying, okay, I, I try to develop more of the values and more of the ideas and mindset of the systemic level. And what came then was like a bit counterintuitive actually, was um, that you look at what is there and try sort of to hone it, try to get it for yourself in a way, or develop it maybe is maybe a better term. Whereas my idea or like the, the opposite, not opposite, yeah, maybe not a different idea was to actually work on the things that you're working on right now and your personal and in, in your mind and your relationships and everything surrounding, and then you will naturally go up the ladder uh, towards that level because you, you said sort of it's a natural process to go up there yeah and so it was like is that sort of a, a, a an allowed shortcut to <laughs> to like oh that's what it's gonna be maybe you can already start working on it is, is that the idea or or is there um, also for you a little discrepancy um so what i've learned so far about this um model and how we can progress up the spiral basically is it's definitely helpful to involve yourself into the the type of thinking of the stage above you 
that's that's mostly above you. We also sometimes have the tendency to rank us higher than we actually are. Um, and at the same time, it can be very important to go back basically into all the stages that we have more or less uh, integrated and to go back and integrate them further if we want if we want to move up the spiral because none of the stages are are bad. They're all part of our development and um, because we are not aware of the stages, before stage orange, uh, sorry, stage yellow, um, someone uh, who grows up in a green environment, you know, where the parents are already maybe like hippies and they they or they take care of the environment and want to be sustainable, they might have a very um, negative view on stage orange and capitalism and uh, money, and and that's that might actually keep them stuck. So. Um, yeah, there, there are certain areas where I'm also still working on integrating them further. You know, stage blue, which also contains the, I, I would say, like, um, not so spiritual, um, religious aspect, right? Where mm, people okay. are, we have to follow the rules. Those are the Ten Commandments. That's the holy text. Um, that's everything that counts. Um without seeing the deeper spiritual truth behind them. Um, and then, yeah, we all have to play our role and, and be a good part of the society. There's all, this is also good, right? And, and someone who's maybe at a centered or yeah, has the center of gravity in a higher stage, they might think, no, I just want to do my own thing and want to be free and structures are bad, systems are like, rules are bad. Like, yeah, then maybe they can go back and integrate that a little bit more um, and they will help them to, to then rise up in the spiral. Okay. So that, that also means that when you're on a higher stage, let's say, or you, as you said it nicely, your gravity center is more to leaning towards a, a higher stage. That means also that mostly you have the other parts integrated and don't really judge them. Is that how I, that I got it right? Uh, that happens at stage yellow then Be before mm, that okay. yeah we definitely judge and you judge what, the hell out of the lower stages <laughs> yeah for for example someone in stage green right they would be like how can the people in africa use diesel generators like that's so unresponsible and uh, why why are they eating meat and how they treat their animals that's not okay and they might even go there and try to c convince them um that this is not the right way to do which is extremely ineffective because one thing that this model states is we can't skip stages. It's it's an evolutionary process, so we need to go through each stage. So if you go down two stages and you try to convince them that your state that's not gonna work. First, they have to integrate and and go through the next stage. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, there's definitely judgment of the lower stages. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the other way around as well. Like <laughs> the stages um, above and below, like one stage, are usually they are just so different in terms of their value that people don't understand each other. Yeah, so it's 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 partly that it's hard to grasp just the other perspective to travel the minds of the other people and understand. Oh, 
based on their experiences and what they learned, this makes actually sense. And based on my experience and what I learned, my stage makes actually sense. Yeah. Okay. And uh, who created this this frame? Was it Ken Wilbers? I heard. I think I heard of it. Or was I think it he, him? He um, basically used it and then added on top of it. Um, mm. I don't know exactly the names right now of uh, two two researchers created it together, and it was their life's work. So they spent like years and years to uh, research and ask people questions, and based on how they answered the questions and the same questions years later, so they would ask the same people the same questions years later, and they saw that the answers that they gave progressed, but always only in one direction. Mm-hmm. So, which is, um, um, I guess, um, how this system got created in the first place, that they realized, well, someone who has this value, when we asked them five years later, they might have this value. And then if we ask them later again, maybe it's a, a different value. But what never happens that the person who answered with this value then goes down um, and answers the same question in a different way. Mm. Um, which is quite fascinating. Um And it's also quite, I think, um, it makes me feel optimistic because it, it means that we, we don't really go backwards, right? In, in our, mm. And some people know that uh, when they had like a spiritual awakening or they're growing as a person, um, you can't just go back. You can't forget, you know, what you already know. Um, Sometimes people wish they could. Oh, when I was young and naive and I didn't know what's going on in the world, life was simple and, and easy. Um, yeah, and so the same is true for humanity as a whole, which it doesn't mean that we can't start a third world war, for example, and then temporarily we would maybe be more in stage red again, where it's the strongest wins, you know, and either you kill or you are killed. Like that, that can happen. Um, mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's it's usually it's an evolution, you know. It's just like a a child first crawls and then it learns to walk and then it learns to run. We don't go backward and forget forget how to run or to walk. Um, yeah, that that doesn't happen. That's interesting. I like that like that idea that you chipped in as how it makes you optimistic just based on you see continuously the moral the the ideas the the mindset of people getting according to that i guess better or just more wider more open less judgmental uh, if that's i guess the the values that are more valuable in in higher stages but it's, it's quite interesting then to see okay there is an an upward trend or a one directional trend and uh, I, i like that a lot so it's it's an interesting model and seeing that people really worked on for it their whole life is quite nice because it gives you like okay it's not something that oh somebody thought of on, on a sunday and like developed it three weeks to market then but but actually put some thought into it interesting um yeah. and i think that at least now got for me the direction that's sort of a direction or a perspective of you how you see the world and i i did want to bring it also a little bit into um, the coaching direction of how you um, maybe use that or just be it more or, le- more or less in, in the coaching um, conversation, connection uh, with with the other person. Mm-hmm. 
So does that some, question make sense? First of all, <laughs> uh, it does. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, and I think uh, because I've actually I've actually looked for a coach for myself who is uh, using exactly that model to you know help me rise up in the spiral. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't found someone yet. There are there are a lot of coaches and consultants who use that model for organizations because you can also um, put an organization into that spiral. You know, what is the the values of that organization or how is the management running that organization? Is it with fear and uh, is it with like, hey, we're all together, we're sharing our feelings? Is it like we need to maximize profits or is it, hey, we need to um, have a bigger impact and contribute to a better world? So that exists. Um, I also think, you know, if I want to work with someone on my spiritual um, development, then this, this person needs to be um, above me in their consciousness, basically. And then on top, using that model, if that's what I want. Um, so yeah, I haven't, haven't found this person yet. It's not that I'm searching extensively, but I think it would be cool. Mm, and with my clients, I sometimes bring it up when I feel like it's relevant, but it's not, uh, let's say, the, the the main framework that we use. Mm. Um, but I I do notice, um, and it's helpful to see where is someone in which stage mainly, and um, how can I help them to to progress into the next stage. Um, I, recently, I had a, um, a second conversation with someone. And he is very in stage orange when it comes to science is this is the truth. Everything else is basically not true. And um, logic is a high value of, of him. Um, and I, I saw that his way of thinking was holding him back, back in a certain area. Um, so then, okay, now it gets interesting. How do we get someone who is um, in stage orange towards more stage green where spirituality comes back but not in a dogmatic religious way but more into oh there's something maybe beyond our current understanding or scientific understanding and oh maybe there's a spiritual truth that is the same in the bible and in the Quran and in the yogi texts and um yeah so in that sense, uh, it's it's useful for me to have that that model um, as like yeah something to maybe yeah, use to assess sounds, where someone is. Mm -hmm. Sounds helpful as a, like sort of a guideline in the coaching process, and it's it's funny that you bring it up because that's the 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 structured thinking um, and the sort of signs is the mo an important part and stuff. At least I feel I can connect quite a, quite a bit with it, but I can't imagine you did at some point connect quite quite well with it too. Just by remember, I think correct me if I'm wrong, but you were studying physics at yes. first, and that you did your bachelor's uh, in in physics, and that I don't know. I just feel like now it's a, a great time to like bring in like how did that person who was like really into science and physics and um, which is like the hard science, um, bring it into the way you think right now about uh, spiral dynamics, different kinds of consciousness and 
you know, it seems contradicting. Can you <laughs> zoom us in a little bit into who, uh, who was or what, yeah, what kind of person was Jan sort of in the teenage years and that led him to studying physics and then how the transformation was? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I don't know if I can give a satisfying answer on on the transition part because I'm I asked myself the same question like I don't know a few weeks ago I was like I don't know exactly how that happened but oh no actually okay I think maybe I have a satisfying answer <laughs> so <laughs> um, the mind just like oh here thought there we go yeah, yeah 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 there was like a little missing piece that just snapped in so I grew up without any religion or spirituality I didn't even know what spirituality meant I just knew there are people who believe in God, you know, the Christian God. And then there are people like me who think that's bullshit um, because we have science. We now know that if a tree starts burning because a lighting, lighting struck, we can explain that now. You know, back in the past, people saw that like, oh, there must be a man and there's a guy and some magic and, you know, weird stuff going on. So that was the perspective mm -hmm. I had back then. Um And I had that perspective, I mean, up until I was probably like 24, 25 or so, um, it really started to change when I went through this depressive phase because the startup that I was building didn't progress the way I wanted it to, I guess. Mm. And then I decided to leave and I went to Australia And one of the first books I read on that journey was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I read that book and more books like that because I decided that it would make sense for me to figure out how happiness works um, and fulfillment <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, when I was depressed, I didn't have it, right? So it was like, wait, maybe I should learn How, how it works. Um, Sounds still very scientific of like, <laughs> oh, it would make sense. The word that you use, it would make sense to learn how to do it because right now I'm depressed. There's happiness. I need to do this. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Okay. And, and the, I guess the concept of does it make sense or not is still with me. And it, I really liked it. You know, even you could even use it. My intuition tells me that I should just quit my job and go to Africa. Well, it makes sense to do that. Maybe if, if your intuition, your, your inner wisdom is telling you that, right? Even though science maybe doesn't really work with inner wisdom and, and intuition, but. Mm, okay. That's interesting. So I read that book and that book is a very, I would say a very, or for me at the time, it felt like it was not too far into woo woo stuff. You know, it, he was just explaining about the ego and that there is something else than the ego, which means, yeah, I mean, that's just logic. When we can observe our thoughts, who's the observer, right? It's not the same as the thoughts. So that just made sense to me. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And then he also mentions some of the things that he explains in his words And he says, this is how this religion talks about it. This is how this religion talks about it. And that was like, oh, holy shit. Maybe, maybe there's more to religion than I thought. You know, maybe they're actually really describing something that 
I guess most people, even religious people, don't maybe don't get, but there is a deeper truth to it. Um, so that was one part. And then meditation, going to Vipassana um, retreats and hearing kind of the messages that are, I guess, transmitted from Buddha. Um, and then a little bit later in my journey, having the first plant medicine experiences that also contributed. Um, and then I realized that some people that I've met on my journey they they have a lot of magic in their life, right? Mm -hmm. They they see life as as magical or as like oh this is just like, and I I I was like that doesn't make any sense like why you you're just making this up in a way but also it's kind of nice you know it's kind of nice to live life like that, um, so I recognized, well if I think only things that are scientifically proven and understand uh, understood are real then it's going to be very hard for me to have a magical experience of life so but i kind of want that because it looks really fun mm. um so maybe it's time to maybe open myself up for different perspective and different lenses to look at life besides only the scientific one mm -hmm. And then, so I was, you know, kind of gradually opening myself up. And then um, maybe that was a year or two ago, I listened to three, two to three hour podcast episodes. It's a series of episodes from actualize.org called mm. Deconstructing the Myth of Science. Um, and that was basically what burst, what burst the bubble. And I was like, wow, okay, those are all the the limitations of the scientific method and the scientific way of thinking. Um, and now I am, how do I say it? I still like science a lot and I like the language and um, the approach, but I'm just thinking that's, yeah, it's, it's not, maybe not the, not, not the only way to look at things and maybe also a limited way if we want to understand certain parts of reality. So science is definitely useful. Um, I mean, all the technology we have because we have science, but maybe there are things that are a little outside of the scope of science. Um, mm -hmm. And if I want to explore those things, then maybe I need like a different way of thinking. Yeah. Mm, yes. I love that. Um, because I have like a similar thing that I think in that sense that we we are quite similar that I also started with uh, very much the science approach, scientific approach, because it gave a sense of security. It's it's sort of like from, from early on, I also had the feeling of, oh, it's scientifically proven how a lot of people uh, try to write it. Um, and that is like, ah, okay, it's real. I can trust it. That's... <laughs> That's the thing to to follow then. And the more and more you learn about scientific uh, research and how science works, it's like, first of all, never use the term scientifically proven. <laughs> and, and second of all, it's changing all the time. Like new things are being found and um, things that also now since 
I got a bit more into, let's say, Eastern philosophies. And I guess also, as you described, seeing things outside of science, you realize how much knowledge is there, which later was discovered by science that was there for 2000 years already. And so I really found it interesting right now that you then said, okay, maybe it's there, there are areas that are not made for the scientific approach or how I got the thought is there are more experimental, uh, experiential and experimental ways of understanding. And then at some point when it's sort of worked out enough, when you got enough through the matter, you can also scientifically capture it and make mm -hmm. it understandable for the masses sort of, because that's sort of how I, I see it. When it's like scientifically captured, then you still need another layer for people to describe it in normal words. And then it's made for the masses. And uh, I, I like that, that perspective right now that you brought in us. There are other ways of exploring the reality that we live in. Yeah. I mean, the, where it gets very interesting is when we go into the, the depth of spirituality, it's like, who are we? What is reality? What is consciousness? Um, and we approach it with science who is made out of um, words, language and ideas and concepts that are born out of consciousness to then is, is describe itself. So it, yeah, maybe, you know, people who had um, awakenings or experiences of we are all one, you know, this is mm -hmm. all, this is all one. Like, how does that, how do you communicate that, right? And, and how, is it ever going to be possible to scientifically prove that? I don't know. You know, I don't want to assume that it is because then it might be a trap that will hold me back from ever kind of experiencing that or getting mm. to that stage, right? Because the, the belief that I had in the past was, and the most, I guess, scientific people have that is, yeah, we don't know, understand everything yet, but it just needs more time. And then we will have a better understanding, better microscope, better telescopes, better, uh, you know, we can measure more of the electromagnetic waves that are around us. And then at some point, basically we can explain everything uh through science mm -hmm. maybe but maybe not you know and what if not what if we um we don't question that and we we go along with the assumption that it's possible to explain all of of life and reality through science when it's actually maybe not possible so yeah mm, yes that brings me to um actually my first um magic mushroom experience where at the end of it i was i was with a friend of mine and um she was i guess from in my perspective very experienced with it and also took like a as a trip sitter like a, t a tiny dose and yet i tried to like I, we were sitting afterwards at the, um, on the couch and i was just like still in this half state when you, you sort of zoom out but still like mine is really active and I was sitting in front of her. I was like, how do I say these things now? Because I, it felt, I got an image and it felt like a huge um, circle that I had with like a lot of almost looked like fireworks or things, information in there. And on one side, on the bottom, there was like a tiny opening and there was a long sort of straw-like pipe. 
and on the other end was sort of a receiver or like a smaller um, uh, circle. And for me, the the interpretation that I got from it was this huge circle was all the experiences that I had in this um, uh, magic mushroom time, like when I was um, in this different realm, I would say. And then this pipe symbolizes language. <laughs> and somehow I need to like somehow push all the experiences through this tiny pipe, which gets obviously completely distorted and uh, only resembles like a fraction of what actually happened into somehow conveying to the other person what could be meant with it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That, that's sort of how, how it felt for me when, when those experiences were there. And that's, I feel very nicely than um, a nice image for me to symbolize exactly what you said of like, oh, maybe we don't have enough words, uh, ways to express our experiences, our feelings, our emotions. And we still yet cannot experience the other person's feelings or emotions, really. Hmm. Yeah, it's just every, every, you know, when, when, and I haven't studied or experienced too much of that uh, mm -hmm. non non duality um, idea, right? That it's all one. There, there's there is no difference. Uh, there's no distinction between things because every word that we use is is a distinction already. It's it's already one thing and not the other. And um, yeah. even to language one person speaks another person listens so there's already two and yeah it's uh i don't know it, it's very fascinating to me and i'm i'm sure there will be a time of my life where i will extensively kind of study that and research through psychedelic experiences more um mm -hmm. it's not right now like right now um like not that I don't have any psychedelic experiences now from time to time, but it's not the heavy focus. The yeah. you know there are other things that I want to set up in my life that um, I have basically the the right set in setting on a bigger scale, right? Like that yeah. even let's say I'm I'm having a psychedelic experience that um, shakes me up in such a wild way that I need a few months to you know to center again my life can hold that because I've put myself mm. in a, in a financial situation and with support systems around me. Um, yeah, that, that's just me. I'm, I'm approaching, um, you know, messing with my consciousness in a very mm -hmm. respectful way. <laughs> so it's yeah. better, better be safe than be sorry. That, yeah, I totally feel and see the, the cautiousness in there because also you notice quite quickly in a, in a, in a bad trip, let's say, or if you have a good trip and have like a, a tiny moment that is like not that great or you got a bad thought, it can go bad really, really quickly. And so it's, it's I think, really good that you bring that up. Not that, you know, everybody's like, oh, we need to expand our consciousness, psychedelics, and then everybody's fucked up because they couldn't <laughs> deal with it. But it's it's nice that you're being this this sort of cautious or almost more pragmatic way into it because it can be fun to take psychedelics. But at least for me, it's the main part is the learnings that you take out of it and how you implement it in life in your day to day because you yeah. cannot stay all the time in psychedelics. You cannot be all the time high. And so the then what what you, 
at least with what you said brought up to me is like you also do have this um or did at some point the the focus a little bit on um our minds how we think and in that connection then what you just brought up the money mindset or the way you think about money or to better be safe than sorry um can you bring me a little bit into how your money mindset started and how it is now mm-hmm. i would be really curious about that um well you mean how it started from how i got raised and the childhood and the well yeah in short i guess but yeah, yeah, yeah. just um yeah well you know when when we are young we are taking on beliefs from other people like a sponge you know there's no mm-hmm. filter system yet so we we just take everything on and um i grew up in a family where my parents were very uh, i would say quite a bit in this green stage you know with like being hippies and being very free um and that was great but in terms of of money and the relationship to money it was something like a necessary evil basically that and not something great not something uh, to strive for um a lot of the the bad rich people right they they caused the problems on the world because they had too much money and then other people are poor because of them basically so those were a few of the uh the beliefs that i got into my system and <clears throat> yeah i've done multiple rounds of looking at my money mindset and i will continue to do that because i think um yeah there there's always more to explore um like even for a millionaire it could be very important to look at the money mindset because um maybe they are connecting their sense of safety to to money and um you know it, it there are stories from millionaires who had eight million and who lost four million and then they committed suicide because they they thought like well now my life is over you know I, I lost so much and they still had two million so yeah it's it's a it's a continuous process um each time i work on my money mindset um it helps you know it helps me to feel more in abundance and then therefore to attract more abundance um so the the financial situation that i'm in right now i contribute i would say to 80% to the inner work that i've done on my money mindset and then 20% just like um getting better at the skill of coaching and and mm-hmm. having more experience and just i don't know being i guess out there um but yeah because there there are definitely coaches who do that since 10 years who still earn not enough to even live from it um because the missing pieces their way of relating to money their way of looking at and thinking about money um, so yeah I'm, i'm very passionate about it um not only because i think it's great to have more opportunities so more money more opportunities in life but also to have a a good relationship with it right because it's mm-hmm. it's something that we use on a daily basis um yeah there there's not really a way around money um other than completely going off grid um so yeah, yeah. 
I want to enjoy um, just being in a world where money is, is used for a lot of things. Mm, and and I what, want to help. what is money for you right now? If you had to like boil it down, how would you describe money for you right now? What is it? Well, one of the ways I look at it is it's a um, well, how much money I have is a representation of how much value I generate, mm -hmm. um, which then also when we look at the online course, right? Um, online courses are great because they are scalable. I can uh, I can have 10 people benefit from the the teachings that are in my online course or a hundred or a thousand. Um, that's possible. That's not possible with my one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, of course, I charge more for my coaching than I did a year ago or two or three years ago. Um, because I got better as a coach, so I generate more value, um, for the clients, but yeah, it's, it's, and there's, I'm definitely not one of the most expensive coaches in the world. So there's a lot of room to get better at the skill of coaching, to, to get more, to generate more demand, um, and therefore to charge higher prices. But, um, yeah, that is. That's one part of my journey. And the other part is um, it would also be nice to have something that is more accessible to, to more people. Mm. I know I didn't really answer your question. Um, <laughs> the question of what is money for me in, in general? Well, you did to some to some extent. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I resonate with the with the idea that money is a, a tool. You know, it's it's a simple tool that's completely neutral by itself, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing good or bad about it. Um, so everything that we think is good or bad about money, that's our beliefs. So that's a good way to to check. And if you think money is the greatest gift, um, that's also your belief. You know, maybe it's a good belief and you, you want to keep that, but um, money is neutral. Like ultimately, everything in life. <laughs> like death. <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, even like violence, right? Where, where that doesn't seem neutral to most people at all. We have our moral that we grow up with. We're like, no, no, no. I mean, violence is definitely bad. You know, we can all agree on that. Well, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Is it? Like a, a very, um, I guess, con connected to the money mindset that for me that makes total sense the the everything is neutral in that that perspective and we also just mentioned um that you were like overhauling your money mindset continuously yeah and how if you would had to say one practice that helped you the most which one would it be i think it's It's the practice that I'm uh, teaching in my money man, money mindset uh, training. Um, it's it's basically it's quite simple. It's it's a guided exercise to go from what is the actual situation, the facts. You know, can you pay your monthly rent? How much debt do you have? How much money do you earn each month? Just like to collect all the the information, so you you see. Oh, wow, that is the outcome that I have 
right now in my life. And then it mm -hmm. goes through the emotions that are attached to money, the um, events that have happened in your past, you know, that maybe you've won some money, maybe you've lost money, maybe your parents have taken away your money, maybe um, one thing that happened to me, and I can very much see how that um, influenced me is when I was in school, we had school trips, class class mm -hmm. trips. And I had some people in my class who couldn't join because their parents didn't have money for their children to join. So I had this pattern and I still have to agree. And it's it's definitely not, not the worst pattern is to hold on to my money um, and not spend it on stupid shit. Um, and the reason is <laughs> I don't ever want to be in a situation where all of my friends go and do something really amazing and then I want to join but I can't because I can't afford it mm. um, so that happened because of that event and then so in that, in that training um, I call it the money mindset makeover at the end we look at the beliefs and I provide a whole range of beliefs common beliefs um, and people can see what resonates with them and there it's an interactive training so that's mm. that's why it works right you have to write down and think for yourself what is true for yeah. you and what's not um, and then when we are at the level of beliefs and we look at them and we see, well, is that really true? And if I believe it, like how does that influence how I behave and how I act? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, that was very transformative for me. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I guess the very first time I did something around money mindset was, was based on a Tony Robbins books, book. Um, yeah, and then that exercise, which shifted a lot. And then, um, when I was at the beginning of the year in Lisbon, I went through a book called overcoming under earning, which okay. is, uh, basically, uh, a, a much longer version of the workshop, um, that I'm, or the training that I'm, I'm providing, um, where I felt the return of investment going through that book wasn't that high but maybe that's also just because the the more obvious um, things have already shifted so now it takes more effort to to get more um, more change um, around that topic yeah so I've revisited it uh, probably four or five times in the last three and a half years or so oh wow okay that's really interesting because I, I think at least in my circle my surrounding I I had uh i guess a similar story that you also shared with like how your parents uh, uh provided the values let's say uh, the values around money or the perspective the mindset and i'm also working on okay what does that mean now to me and i notice all the time those patterns oh i'm not buying this or not doing that or i'm i'm doing this kind of behavior with money because Oh, my mom. Oh, that's how my dad. Ah, okay. That's, it's always so eye-opening when really seeing the connections to our roots where a lot of our beliefs just come from. <laughs> it's almost like a cliche, like the psychologist thing of like, oh, you're talking about my parents again. <laughs> well, <laughs> to some extent, it's, it's actually quite important to, to see where those beliefs come from. Um, so it's really interesting. And I, I started the, the, the money, Mindset makeover, but didn't do it. Um, so I'll, I'll start it again and do it this time. I'm, I'm curious about it. Well, um, so, um, yeah. 
I don't know when this will be published because I recorded uh, a newer updated version two days ago or so and um, I'm working on uh, kind of publishing that um, together with like a better setup with my whole email um, newsletter and all of that so yeah instead of doing the old one you can do the, the new one which should be online in the next week or so awesome yeah. thank you so much i'll then wait yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> do it then cool thanks and yeah that actually brings me also to to the next thing that um you told me you were very curious about right now which is also connected then to the mind as i understood or the way we think and that was the topic which i the way you describe it at least don't know much about it and which was the creation movie mm -hmm. as a manifestation tool and since i'm very blank on what you mean by that um well, can you guide me into that topic and and what 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 is the intention behind it yeah so the intention behind it is to help people create the life that they want um and to do that on the on the level of thinking basically because of course we all want different lives so we have to do different things to create exactly the lifestyles that, that are interesting to us but the underlying mechanism of um, how does our thinking help or hold us back um, in achieving that um, that's kind of what I aim to support with with that tool mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Yeah. So to understand, um, or do you want to have, want to ask something? Well, well, just like very bluntly to get just an overview, because I right now have no idea what you mean by that. Um, is it possible to describe it to my grandma or to a five-year-old um, in in an easy way? Just to it, you, we can, we go deeper uh, right after, just to have a, an initial idea of it what a creation movie is yeah yeah um so i was going the other route of explaining first the the how manifestation works and then it will make sense why the creation movie is what it is but i can i can totally also say first what it is so um it's a a video that uses um one of your favorite songs that's helps you to feel inspired and excited and confident and in that video you see your future vision represented through videos and or photos um so you see maybe a beautiful house you see people maybe dancing together maybe you want to um live on an island maybe you want to have a beautiful relationship and dance salsa with your partner maybe you want to host retreats um you want to go diving or or skydiving then there could be video snippets of that mm, maybe you want to be able to do um, a handstand or you know lift a certain amount of weights or earn a certain amount of money um, or just have financial abundance then how can you represent that visually so it's a little bit like a music video um, so it's it's nice to watch it because it's it's cut and edited to the rhythm of the music and then on top of the videos, you have 
statements, uh, declarations, or affirmations about your future, who you want to become, um, the life you want to have. So that's what a creation movie is. Mm -hmm. And now why this is such an amazing tool and has advantages um, compared to other, other manifestation tools. For manifestation to work, what we need is we need a clear vision. You know, we need to know what, what do we actually want. And we need an elevated emotion that is connected to that vision. Right? If we just mentally think about what we want, but we don't feel it, you know, maybe even we feel a sense of hopelessness, <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, so we need the vision, we need the elevated emotion, and we need repetition. And so one thing that I'm going to teach in that, in that online course is all the, the mechanics, the theory behind how that actually works. And we talked about it earlier with like this scientific background I have. I'm going to come from a scientific direction, right? I'm, mm -hmm. um, it's because it's still, if, I, if something makes sense to me, I'm a lot more likely to use it because I understand what it does. So same. Um, there's the, the one of the mechanisms that if we remind ourselves on a daily basis of who we want to become and how we want to act in the world and what we want to achieve, then that's going to influence all the micro decisions we make throughout the day. Um, and those micro decisions, they happen subconsciously. So that's why it can sometimes feel like, wow, I'm, I'm, I have those things now in my life and I don't even know how that happened. Mm. Another part of that, a kind of a psychological part, is our brain filters out most of the information. Otherwise, we would be completely overload, right? Yeah. Um, and that filter can be adjusted by, again, reminding yourself what is important to you, where do you want to go, so that, um, let's say, next time you go to a, a party and there's a whole room full of people and someone mentions um, something that is connected to your vision and you just reminded yourself of that vision by watching that mind movie earlier that day, you might hear it and otherwise you might have completely missed it. Just mm -hmm. like if someone says your name in a party, you will hear it, I won't. Because my filter system is not adjusted to, to hear the name Julian, right? Um, if someone says my name, I, I will hear it and other people won't. <laughs> um, yeah, makes all sense. So, so you, like sort of you tune a little bit your antennas to specific opportunities or words or just your your environment to almost like selective attention that you focus on specific things as yeah. i understand it now okay yeah, correct but that's only one of many mechanisms of that i discovered and that makes sense to me of how manifestation works the i guess the most far out one is quantum physics and how the energetic um, or like electromagnetic field that we generate um, that has been measured uh, scientifically, like we can actually with fine enough instrument measure there's elect an electromagnetic field around each human, um, which we could call aura. Um, 
an electromagnetic field, it, it has a frequency and all frequency carries information. So the, the, the concept here, the idea is our thinking and our feeling together, that state, that is a, a certain frequency basically. And if we send that out um, by feeling it, um, that's, that's the, the signature, the electromagnetic signature that we send out that this then goes in resonance with the, the quantum field, which is mm -hmm. um, basically all the different possibilities that exist simultaneously in, in, in the quantum field. And when they start swinging together, then uh, that vision, that reality seems to find us quicker. It seems to manifest mm -hmm. quicker. Um, so yeah, that's, so almost I mean, when we're alike somebody else, like we look through the room and immediately know, oh, that's probably a cool person. Is that sort of like a, uh, a way to describe when something just feels like, oh, it's flowing together. That's at least how I experienced that in a, in an easy way to describe it at least. Cause like it's can sometimes be difficult to, oh, the quantum field. And then you swing on the same things, but we have those experiences all the time actually. And I think that's at least for me, what I, how I would describe it. Yeah. And yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's a good description. A another kind of scientific explanation is, so let's assume the, the listeners of this podcast, they understand that we, when we have an atom, there is uh, an atom core with protons and neutrons, and then there is the electron around it or multiple electrons. Yeah. What we learn in school, I don't know if I still teach it this way, it's, it's a model where this electron flies around like a ball um, around the, the center of the, the, the atom or the atom nucleus, the core. Yeah. Um, but it's a very simplified model. In reality, we don't have a ball that flies around, but we have a, a field of probability of where this electron is. And actually, it's... Um, it's not at one particular location at all. It's just in that field. It's it's everywhere at the same time in that field. Just there are some areas where the probability is higher and some others where it's lower. Mm, but then as soon as we observe it, as soon as we look at it, this field kind of collapses and then we can see, oh, it's right there. Mm -hmm. so, so that happens um, with things that are small enough where the quantum effects basically then kick in that we have a field of probability and we can't really observe it because as soon as we observe it, we change it. Yeah. So if, if like that is proven, you know, that is like every quantum uh, physicist knows that like that's how it is. So, the jump to manifestation can can happen when we say, well, there's an infinite amount of possible futures, right? Like that's also, I hope everyone can follow along with that. So, like, you, so you extrapolate now the idea of the electron can be anywhere all the time towards yeah. uh, anything can happen all the time for you in the future. Like anything, you could be anything, you could go in this direction or the other direction and become... Uh, a pilot, an actor, or a guard, or something like yeah. that. 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That. And and of course we can argue that there is uh, you know there are limits to that. Just like the electron around the atom, it's very unlikely that it's on Mars. That it's that far away. But as far as I know, the probability is not zero. Um, but it's just like extremely unlikely. So yeah, in my future, it could play out in a million different ways. Uh, I could be in in Portugal, back in Germany, back in Bali. I can go to Europe, uh, to to America. I might live in a camper van. I might have uh, one girlfriend or two girlfriends or three or zero um, or be a millionaire or billionaire. Like so, all of that exists in this field as a kind of an over. Um, it's all. Yeah, an overlay or like mm -hmm. it exists at the same time. So when we have consciousness observing, well, then quantum physics says that it influences it. So by yeah. me observing the the one vision that I want to manifest, it makes it more likely to, mm -hmm. you know, that that's... Yeah, how it's not all of it, but it's one way to describe the quantum physical mechanism that that might uh, be at play um, and mm. might lead to those experiences where people say, "Well, I don't know how that happened. You know, it came out of nowhere. I, I was yeah. just like yeah. doing my daily practice and like I was really feeling like, yes, I am this and this is my life now." And then, well, this random person called me and you know, now now I have that life and it's it's exactly how I wanted it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really, really cool how we don't know how things work, but they somehow that do work. It's <laughs> it's it's just because it's we try to explain it also with the mind and with the thoughts again that we have, with the words that we have. And a lot is also going on on our feeling level, on the level of just emotions, vibration, emotion could also describe as just energy just flowing around. And um, so we don't really know how to describe that even. We gave some of those vibrations a name, like anger, love, hatred, uh, empathy, whatever we feel. Mm -hmm. But it's still like not, not the real thing. Because as soon as I guess we label it, we, we change it almost like in the quantum quantum thing. And for me, uh, how I learned about that was the, the double slit experiment or a yeah. uh, Doppelspalt experiment that you really see how electrons react differently when you put an observer in there and when you don't. And that was sort of like for the, me the first time, like what a mind <laughs> fuck that was. Like, what? Wait, when you look at it, it's different as when you don't look at it. So, yeah. Right. It doesn't make sense in the Newton worldview of no, yeah, just material objects. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's still so real, such a, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's still happening, and people find us over and over again in science. So, <laughs> and they don't know how to explain it. So it's it's really really interesting. Yeah. And I guess we we jumped a little bit into um, the emotions or how the the elevated emotion is also really important for manifestation. But at least how I got, get it from you, it's a lot about changing the thought uh, of the manifestation tool. I want to bring in two well, emotions, no, the, I guess. The, yeah, go ahead. The, the emotional component is actually extremely important, which is why mm. having music included in that is so useful because Fair. music moves us. 
right? It's it's a lot easier to spark a certain emotion when we have music than without it. Um, yeah, and the the last piece is repetition. And um, mm -hmm. if you have your creation movie, which is three to four minutes long, it's quite easy to consistently um, include that into your morning routine because it's not that long. You know, you can watch it. And after a yeah. while, what will happen is you will just listen to the music. You know, maybe you're walking somewhere, you listen to the music and all of that stuff comes up for you um, because yeah. it's, you know, you, you remember the the vision, the, the movie, basically the statements with the song. And that is one of the reasons why the, the creation movie is um, so much more powerful than, let's say, a vision board. The, the vision board has the same benefit of you need to get clear on what, what it is that you want, right? So you, you go through it, you look for the photos or the, the things mm -hmm. you want to put on your vision board. Um, and you might also probably feel inspired as you do it. But then it's hang like it's somewhere on your wall, and you kind of just forget about it. There's no really repetitive um, connection, and you don't have the music that helps you to get into that state. Um, mm. So it, it would be quite difficult to really, on a daily basis, look at your vision boards in such a way that you bring up the emotion on your own. Um, so yeah, I would say the creation movie. It's it takes more effort to to create it. Um, but then it, it's more convenient and more powerful than uh, the other other ways. Um, just just to complete yeah. that, another way to, to, to manifest, which is the main way that, for example, Dr. Joe Dispenza is using, is just meditation. You you just yeah. think and visualize inside of you and, and bring up those, those emotions. Um, yeah, and a lot of his meditations are an hour long, so it takes quite quite some commitment to be consistent with that and the, mm -hmm. the creation movie is yeah just a, a little um little helpful tool yeah that is perfectly answered my unsaid question because <laughs> <laughs> i indeed wanted to go in the direction of like okay you talked about a lot about thoughts but where where is the emotions why is it so important so you answered it perfectly uh, thanks. Uh, and I, I do like it too. And I also had similar experiences with Joe Spencer meditations that it is really nice. But after like two weeks, I'm like, oh, so long again uh, to to continue it. So it's, it's I think, a, a great idea. And especially I, the, the elevated motion um, comes up in music for a lot of people. And it's really a nice shortcut because we react as humans really well to music right. and, and beats and the rhythms. So that's that's a, an amazing idea. I haven't honestly seen that before. But yes, was it yesterday? I think yesterday evening I was reading in the book from Stevie Chandler, uh, 100 Ways to Stay Motivated. Yeah. And there was exactly that idea. Not not exactly that, but the idea of getting stimulated with movies or or music, getting into that state to visualize your your idea. Yeah. So uh, funny to have it right now happening when you say this. So. <laughs> the I mean, Dr. Chodas Spencer, he uses music in his meditations as well, right? There is often this kind of inspiring oh, inspiring music, but the beauty of having your own creation movie is you choose the music that moves you. 
And depending on what you want to manifest, it, it might change. I had, um, I've done a creation movie workshop and this one um, woman, she's, a, she's an amazing person. She's very, um, very active and very productive. And she wants to manifest more of the feminine qualities in her life, mm-hmm. right? So it's, mm-hmm. she chose music that that fits with that, and images and and clips that are very like, yeah, flowy and and calm and sensual, and um, yeah. So you can choose the music that that makes sense for you, uh, for you yeah. and and yeah, and um, the conce- concept is not completely new. There is. Uh, even in one of Dr. Joe Dispenza's books, he mentions mind movies, which mm. is invented by a woman. Um, and they kind of, I guess, collaborated. Um, she has, I think the original mind movie, how she calls it, is not really with video uh, snippets. It's basically a, a, a dia show. You said it in English? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, so you just take your, the photos that you would put on your vision board and you put them in the vi- in the video, um, and you put some music behind it. And she has a software that that does that. That's like a drag and drop kind of thing. But to be honest, they look very shitty. <laughs> they they just I wouldn't want to watch that every day because it aesthetic. It's not aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah. So I think nowadays with all of that amazing video footage, stock footage websites, but also grabbing videos from YouTube. And then having it edited in a way that it's really, yeah, it's just amazing to watch, like a music video to your yeah. song. Um, Uplifting, giving you some nice vibes and energy as you look at it. Oh, that looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And do, now, obviously, the question comes up. How, how does your uh, vision movie, creation movie uh, looks like? And um, sort of just say maybe an idea if you want to share it. What's What's in there? What's your future perspective looking like well i've made multiple already because as i mm-hmm. as i manifest and some things come true or there's like other other um parts of that vision that that gets added um the one that i have right now is a it contains a lot of different areas of my life um mm-hmm. because you can also have one that is purely focused on let's say your business success or your relationships and friendships or your health and fitness so i have everything combined right now in in mine Mm, it starts with a it's hard to say say what it is it's like this like a spiritual um kind of symbol and i start with um reminding myself that you know i'm i'm more than just my physical body and then there are some yeah quite a few scenes of a beautiful house nature around it um then i have it's actually funny that i'm realizing it right now there's uh parts of community in there you know people hugging each other and being around the fire and that's exactly what my life is right now like <laughs> it's literally like it's exactly that um there is um, business success, which I represented with some crafts, you know, that show exponential growth. And I put a 
screenshot of my bank account in there where I just mm -hmm. changed the number to a higher number. Nice. Um, because that's that's how I'm gonna see it in the future, right? Like I'm not gonna like the idea to represent financial success with a pile of money. That if I see that, it's like yeah, what? That's weird. <laughs> you know, I will never have a whole pile of money in front of me. That's why, why would I do that? Um, but I'm gonna look at my phone and then I will see. Wow, there's like two hundred thousand on my bank account. Um, so yeah, that's there. Um, I have quite an energetic song, like electronic music, quite energetic without any lyrics. Um, but I have a feeling like for the next one that I'm uh, I'm creating, it will be more deep, touching music. Maybe even some mm. like with a spiritual touch, some mantra kind of touch. Um, I haven't found the right song yet, but sometimes when I listen to that type of music it just touches me and i need to start crying um okay. but not out of sadness but out of like i guess deep appreciation hmm. for for life it's yeah and i think i want to go more and a little bit slower you know that also means the whole video will be edited slower not as quick the cuts um if the music will be slower and yeah, yeah. that's going to be the next one for me That sounds really cool to have really like this visual imagery of wait, this already exists kind of because when you put it in video, it's like, oh, it happened already because otherwise I couldn't record it. Your brain might think, right? So it's easier to to um, almost trick your brain. It's like, but it's it's already happening. You're already there. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, I, one idea that I have for the future is um, it's only going to be accessible for people who have quite a lot of money but i want to offer a um, creation movie like premium package where um, we take a person and depending on what they want to create we actually i'm gonna have um, a videographer and then we're gonna you know rent maybe a, a beautiful house on airbnb and shoot videos there with actually themselves in the video and maybe we put them on a big stage if they want to be a speaker or we we rent a ferrari or a tesla whatever for a day and film some footage there so that um it's even more like you just described it's like you look at it, it's like yeah that's exactly it um ah, that's funny i yeah. was when you were telling it i was already thinking wait you can already start probably by doing this in that way maybe you can even offer a service for somebody to cut their video and then i can expand to <laughs> i was thinking the same way yeah so it's funny that maybe you were like conscious subconsciously submitting that to me already <laughs> but uh, i was thinking the exact same thing it's funny yeah we we yeah. had I, i did a um kind of a manifestation course when I was in Bali and uh, one of the guys he wanted to be a speaker and um, like do workshops and speak on stage and then he went to a um, a retreat center or what was it like a yeah hotel retreat center and mm -hmm. he said being there you know and and remembering everything that that we went through and what he wants to manifest it just made it more real You know, it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna speak exactly from that stage, you know, and now I'm here and I can I can visualize like there are people and they're applauding and I just gave my mm -hmm. keynote speech. 
Um, and I think that was like the, maybe the seed of, of then me like a few months later be like, wow, actually, how cool would it be to have someone, um, you know, share their vision and then I take this person and we're going to dress them in the way they want to be dressed and uh, just put them in all those nice places and film it yeah. and then they have a, yeah, a premium creation movie. <laughs> that is cool. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like this like sparks immediately this like, my brain is starting okay wait how do i want to look have looked my creation movie and how do i because uh, i i went a little bit into it like creating the perfect day and stuff but i want to spend the next couple of days as well like creating a bit more of my vision because i notice exactly that to like when i do not have this clear vision in my mind i'm floating a little bit more around which is nice at some points but I feel right, right now is the time to like, okay, in which direction do I want to go? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting really inspired right now to, to start doing that. And I like it a lot. Cool. But I also noticed that we're almost one and a half hour in. <laughs> and uh, I do not want to take that much time of you anymore. But I do want to give you, in the end, um, still one question and a space so one question is what is um a superpower that you would like to have Uh, and the space is for whatever message you want to want to spread maybe that's already included in the superpower sometimes (laughs) um what superpower Ooh, (laughs) there's maybe i want to borrow that because it's it's practical and unusual and i've heard it from jay shetty he got asked a similar question in in a podcast um or maybe he's it was yeah maybe it was not superpower but i can use it here and um it would be to not care to uh, if if i'm if i'm misunderstood Mm -hmm. to to not care if i'm misunderstood Mm. And I want to elaborate very quickly on that because there will always be people who don't get what I'm saying or who think I am, I don't know, uh, egoistic or arrogant or whatever, or lazy or whatever. And it's just a waste of energy to, to be bothered by that and to maybe even try to show them that, no, 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 that's not really who, who I am. Like, I'm different uh, than you think I am. So I think it's, it's a real superpower to just be like, well, okay, that's what you think about me and I don't even need to change it. Like, you, you, can, just, you can just keep that idea of who I am um, mm-hmm. and I continue focusing on the vision I want to create for myself and how I want to you know, live my life and, and be of service. Mm. Space, a message that I would want to. um... Maybe before that, I just want to jump in and I really feel not only the, the sort of superpower behind it, but also at least for me, it rings true to, um, almost like a guard for the pain that I experience already or that people experience when um, being judged on what they said 
but got misunderstood. So they send out a correct message, maybe also energetically, but the words got mixed up or the other person received it wrongly. And that creates then just a weird feedback to the other person. Like, no, that's that's not me. That's not who I am. And then we need to justify and that feels, puts us back into a very defensive and closed state. And I like that a lot to just despite of what we get from the outside, still be connected to yourself and being continue to being open, basically expanded, feeling the ability to share the positive energies without needing to really close up yourself because close yourself up because of misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while you were speaking, I realized um, what I want the the message to be. Um, Perfect. Just not sure how I how I can <laughs> express it in Words. the best way. Yeah, but um, it has to do with who we are being in the world, and that if we continue to remind ourselves who we want to be then all the the actions that we have will automatically change as a result of that um and there's a really cool quote that i heard from from karen he was one of the speakers in london two weeks ago it was the ultimate experience um and he said you can't outdo your being. And I really like that um, because I think a lot of the times we are focused so much on what do I need to do? What, how, how do I need to um, show up or act there or behave there? Um, but if we get into a state of being that is, is loving and compassionate and confidence, then whatever we do, will have those qualities. It's, you know, it's just like a natural consequence of that. Um, yeah, and that represents, or how do we do that? We, we look inside, we do the inner work, we remind ourselves, um, and the creation movie can be used for that. We remind ourselves not only what do I want, what kind of house do I want, how much money do I want, but who do I want to be? Hmm. Yeah, that's the message. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jan. Thank you so much for this awesome conversation. We went into so many cool, deep topics. I loved it a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you.